Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. My name is Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I'm joined today by the PR prince and the fellow radio show enthusiast himself. It is Neil Summers. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. What an introduction. What a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Trees. I've actually seen you. I can see what you look like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't tell anyone that. No, you know, I won't. I look no. like. Make sure. So if, you, if you're going to take a screenshot, make sure that I, like I'm involved in the ransom note. So I, I the pressure's on me, you know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. But yeah. just for all the listeners out there, he's as beautiful looking as he sounds. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's been a few times like uh Thomas Griffin actually he um he posted he was gonna post like a picture of me on eBay and like just sell it, <laughs> but I had to outbid everyone else so that it's, it was kind yeah. of like extortion. Speaking it's a pretty smart idea, honestly. But yeah, yeah it's a great idea. I might do that myself, actually. Yeah, you should, you should. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, for anyone who might not know, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, it's, it's tricky because I'm one of these people that I've had a lot of jobs. Yeah. But, um, I guess sort of for the past 10 years or so, uh, I've worked in sort of menswear, in the outdoor mm. sort of clothing industry. Uh, worked in TV for a while. I set up Proper Magazine with Mark about 20 years ago. And uh, that sort of snowballed into an actual business. So I gave up the TV. Mm. As a result of which, we, we, you know, I got to work with loads of different brands. I've gone solo now. So yeah, my day-to-day is sort of content creation and PR. So I work with various sort of outdoor brands like Hagbloss and Dometic and the Ferro Boys mm-hmm. uh, and do copywriting and, and make videos for other brands as well. So yeah, I work, I work nice. with menswear and outdoor clothing, but yeah, I've not got one of those media-friendly soundbite jobs where I can just say <laughs> on this. But yeah, content creator, I guess. If not understood, understood. Nice. Um, well, very cool. A little introduction for anyone. And I mean, now we can just kind of jump directly into the show if you if you're so inclined. Yeah. So the first question I have for you is trees or nylon? Let's go with trees. Let's go with trees. Beautiful. Yeah. And for anyone who might not know, we're going to be working through trees and nylon in a past, present, and future progression through both of them. Just, you know, get to know Neil a little bit better. So we're going to start with trees. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. So tell me. Um, how you got involved in the outdoors? Because you you do work with a lot of outdoor brands now. So like how you got started with them or maybe even way before when you started going outside, what made you fall in love with it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well I grew up in the northwest of England, just outside Manchester in a, mm-hmm. in a town called Stockport. And I lived in like a little suburb, but it was surrounded by trees. There's a there's massive forest at the end of my road. There's a, there's a valley in front of my house. Mm-hmm. And back in those sort of days, I'm quite old. So it's sort of 70s, early 80s. Back then, you just go off for the day, playing in the woods, and you know, get up to no good. Rambo knives, starting fires, finding dodgy magazines in bushes. <laughs> so it's always been there. And then my uh, my folks bought a house out in Anglesey in Wales, and the same thing there. We'd go there for the weekend, and I'd just go off. I'd usually take a mate with me, but we'd just go off for hours and hours on the coastline and exploring the rocks and stuff. So it's kind of always been there. And I suppose mm. in later life, I got I went very urban and. and um, because Manchester is quite a quite a happening city for a while, and everything was about the city or, or getting in a car and going to another city, and going to raves and, and you know acid house parties and stuff. Well, <laughs> um, then all that went. I mean, even then you'd end up in fields sometimes and stuff. And, and I, I guess that's where my love of technical clothing came from. Oh, really? But um, yeah, because I mean, you come out of a, a warehouse party and it's been you know really really hot and sweaty in there, and you come out mm. in the middle of like December. In the middle of Blackburn, yeah, you're gonna die unless you put a fleece jacket on, or you know, or, or something. And one of my best mates was really into climbing and stuff, so I kind of got it through him as well. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe going a little bit earlier, there was a casual thing as well because at, at our school, like Italian sports, where I was huge, and then mm-hmm. that sort of evolved into ski wear, and then that had a bit of a moment of outdoor clothing, which is where I came across sort of Berghaus and mountain equipment, which mm-hmm. again sort of reappeared in the rave things. Well, yeah, that, and I guess that that kind of that goat core thing that that it's it's Man, Mancunian scallies looks like all the goat core kids oh, do yeah. today back in the eighties really, and um, because it rains a lot here as well, obviously. But um, yeah, then I got a bit sick of the city and all the madness of, of acid house and everything. So I ended up um, mm. working in Europe for about four years, living in uh, on on campsites and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What did you so, do? Uh, so it was a holiday rep. But um, it was uh-huh. it was just hilarious because I think I think a lot of holiday reps you, you imagine them looking after the customers and being very you know proactive. But basically, mm-hmm. we just cleaned mobile homes. <laughs> and got drunk. <laughs> it was amazing. 
And I kind of fell in love with Europe. I'd always loved Europe because of like growing up and like Italian clothing, French clothing and stuff, mm. and having holidays in Spain and stuff. But yeah, living in France and Italy, it just uh, it just blew my mind. I, I, ever since I've kind of I've always felt quite a European person as a result of that. <laughs> so yeah, that was the outdoors. And um, then again, I moved back moved back to the UK, lived in cities again, mm. um, and then I met, met my missus. Started going to the Peak District because I live very close to the Peak District back okay. there. And um, yeah, it's always been a place to escape to the country. And uh, yeah, Sounds now like I find it. myself, I live in, in the middle of the Peak District. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lucky have, you, man. have you heard of Kinder? I have not, no. It's like, I mean, by American standards, it's a hill. <laughs> but <laughs> in the, it's the biggest, it's the highest point in the Peak District. Mm. It's a great hike, you know, so it's a bit of a plateau. It's a bit of a track to get up it, but it's a really nice, like, plateau to walk along. So, yeah, I'd literally, if I walked for a mile from my door, I'd be, I'd be at Kinder, effectively. Wow. Let me look it up real quick. Well, yeah, uh, what was the same? Well, I'll waffle, don't I? No, it's all good. Hey, it's a podcast, man. It's what you're supposed to do. You're <laughs> yeah, the guest here today. Um, I'd like you to tell me, since... It seems like you went, did you go all over France and Italy or did you stay in like one spot? Yeah, initially, um, I went a couple of times just at the start and the end of the season, putting tents up and pulling them back down. So I got to travel all over France. Yeah. Okay. And then when I actually did it full time, I worked in Normandy for my first year and then on the sort of Southwest coast near Bordeaux the second year. And then third year I was in Tuscany. So yeah, I've been, I've been around most of France really. Okay. What is, where's like your favorite place in France or like, a place you think everyone should go visit? I think um, I think that coast, that Atlantic coast, is pretty amazing because it, it it's pretty unspoiled. But I think I think what's great about France is it's similar to America. There's mm. no need to leave if you live there. There's no need to leave there because you've got everything. You've got Alps, you've got mountains, you've got beaches, you've got amazing cities, you've got forests, you've got castles. It's just yeah, and I mean Paris is a great city as well. But um. No. I guess where I used to live, yeah, on, on the sort of southwest coast, it's just some beautiful beaches, beautiful forests. It's fairly unspoiled. Food's amazing. Mm. Normandy as well. Normandy's very over, underrated, sorry. Um, it's a place people travel through from the UK on the way to somewhere else. Mm. But it's an amazing place. There's a place called the Swiss Normand, which is a little bit like the Peak District. It's got, you know, because Normandy's quite flat apart from this area. So yeah, it's just, yeah, amazing. What, yeah, everywhere in France I've been, I've loved <laughs> Big France fan over here. What, yeah, about in, what about in Italy? Where would you say in Italy that, like, is a go-to spot besides, like, Rome, Milan, the normal spots? Like, what's what's yeah, a yeah. sleeper? Well, yeah, my plan is to go uh, go and live in Italy at some point. And, um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the place I want to go is a place called Luca, which is, um, it's like a walled city in, um, in Tuscany. Mm. So wow. have you been? Have you ever been to Florence? I have not. No, I've only been to Rome. It's, it's it, I mean, everywhere again, similar to France. Everywhere you go in Italy is pretty fantastic. But um, it's just got a really nice vibe. It's 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 smaller than Florence. I love Florence, but it's quite busy with tourists and stuff. Whereas Luca's a bit, it's a bit smaller scale. But yeah, Tuscany. I definitely live in Tuscany. Hmm. And do you see like? You talked about moving a lot. Do you see yourself ever, ever settling down in one spot? Or do you think you're always just going to be on the move? Yeah, I don't know really. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? I think it all depends on finances. I think if I had the right amount of money, I'd go and live. I'd go and live in Italy tomorrow, pretty much. Mm. But um, I do love the UK. and The weather's getting better because of global warming. So, I know it's a <laughs> yeah, terrible. Shout out, thing. shout out, global warming. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible thing, but it's uh, yeah. This country's much better when the weather's when it's good. What was it like when you were? Because you came over. Was it last year? Was it this year? Uh, it was this year. Yeah, it was this year in May, I believe, um, or June. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, I'm thinking, I think it was May. But weather was actually pretty nice. Um, when I was in Manchester, it rained just a couple times. Um, I mean, it was colder than it was here, obviously, uh, yeah. in Georgia. But besides that, it was actually pretty nice. I was, I was blessed. I brought the warm weather with me, I was told. <laughs> yeah, everyone says that. Yeah. Did anyone talk to you about Gorp in Manchester? The word Gorp. Did anyone talk about it? I mean, I was surrounded by people who <laughs> talked about it. So yeah, but I, I, I looked around as we were walking through. We went to um, 
the university that's there. Just, I can't remember the name. Manchester University, is that it? Yeah, the MMU, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I went, walked around campus a little bit uh, with Kian from All Terrain. And I was just looking at the fits. I was seeing what people were wearing. Because I was told before I went by a few people that Manchester is like where Gorp is happening. Hardcore. Like everyone wears it just day to day. Um, so I was looking for that and I definitely saw a few, and I mean, you know, all the stores were carrying all the brands that everyone talks about. So it was definitely, I could see the influence. Well, that's it. It's, it w- my point was, um, yeah, Gorp's like a, almost a way of life here, but mm. the word Gorp in Manchester means you're a bit stupid. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, yeah. Cause it means like you, if someone's looking at you with a stupid look on your fa- the uh, face, you would say, <laughs> what are you gorping at? Huh. And look at him. He's a Gorp. I've never so it heard just, of that. It just tickles me when I hear the word go up. I just I instantly <laughs> think of that, that original meaning. Yeah, I guess people who do go outside are pretty stupid. Like walking for fun, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> Sleeping outside, why would anyone do that? Doesn't make any sense. Cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Stops you going mad. Yeah. Um, I have I have one more question regarding your travels. Yeah. And then we can go into the the present. But France versus Italy, food. Which one do you like better? Italy. Italy? Okay. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. I was, I was going to say, in Italy, it's hard to get a bad meal. In France, uh-huh. it's 60-40 chance, I'd say. There's a lot of really? bad food in France, yeah. Like what? Like what kind of food do you not do you not like in France? Yeah, not a specific, but just quality-wise. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, the French are just a bit... I don't know. I don't want to badmouth the French. because <laughs> But um, <laughs> sometimes the French, I think they can be a bit like the English, where it's sometimes, well, just it's just food. Just eat, eat it. Mm. It's, you know, just get it down, yeah, it's fuel. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Italy, that's kind of sacrilege, and it's just like no, it's it's got to be done properly. In my experience, Absolutely. anyway, I'm sure there's some yeah. terrible food somewhere in Italy, but somewhere, yeah, yeah. yeah you've had to find it, and I'm also yet <laughs> to find it. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what you're living out there? Oh, awesome, man. Um, well, man, I guess you can start talking a little bit about your present with trees. Talk a little bit about. Yeah, go outside often. You go on hikes. You live in the middle of nature, so it seemed. I would hope so, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, prior to about two years ago, I was was stuck in an office in Manchester, Mm. watching people inject drugs in a car park on a regular basis, and not really getting, you know, not not going on too many hikes. Whereas now, I'm literally in the Peak District. So uh, yeah, I've got loads of hikes, loads of walks on my doorstep. And when people come to see me now, whereas previously we'd gone and got a coffee or a beer in Manchester, mm. now we go for a hike. So it's brilliant. I, I don't do it as much as I should do. Mm. Sometimes when some stuff's on your doorstep, you don't, do you? But um, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. And it, it stops you going mad, doesn't it? I don't know about you. It's, it's Whenever I've got a lot going on in my head, I'm like, right, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, I... I get I get these moments where I just like I need to go outside. Like right now, I'm in that moment where I haven't been camping in quite a long time. Um, and with my schedule I have now, I also haven't been just on a nice hike in a while. And I'm just in the mood. And all my friends are also you, you kind of start itching for it again. You know, it's like I need to go camping. I need to do this. The problem is now that it's getting pretty cold. And um, last time I went camping, it was about this time honestly uh, that I went last year, and mid-october we have this one spot it's really beautiful that but there's no tree coverage so when the wind comes in on your top of a mountain it's 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 just brutal it's probably oh man i have to do celsius conversion trees and nylon classic converting to celsius uh negative six at night how much negative six yeah that's cold man and i have a sleeping bag that's rated for four degrees Celsius. So yeah. it was me and my friend in a tent and um, I was just, my feet were freezing. I was just, you know, trying to preserve warmth that he would like roll over in his sleep and kind of touch my back. And I was like, Oh, please, please don't move. Like, I just want to, I just want to, I want to be warm for just like five more minutes. Um, pretty funny, but you know, builds character, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's the same. Here. We had a business meet. We went wild camping. We've got, I've got a couple of friends, Joe, shout out to Joe. He's a drummer in a band. So he's not about a lot but. Shout out, Joe. <laughs> he's, re- he's you should get him on this actually. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. He's, um, he loves the outdoors. And um, and another guy called Jordan. We, we all went out wild camping. Shout out to Joe Light, the photographer. He wasn't there, but there's like a little gang of us who go <laughs> wild camping and stuff. Okay. But we went up Kinder wild camping and we sat there and we were like, we need to do something with this. We need to do so we literally had a business meeting on top of 
it's kind of a mountain in the Peak uh-huh. District. And um, yeah, and great things come out of it. And it's an escape, isn't it? I think that is what the outdoors has always been to me, whether I was a kid playing or mm. I was getting away from crime and mad stuff in Manchester, I always sort of escaped to the countryside. And I guess that's what I've done now. It's 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 like being on holiday, I guess. It's you're surrounded by hills and trees, you forget about the real world, I suppose. Yeah. Even though it is the, the real dream. world, paradoxically. That's the dream. Um also I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've heard that you are a, a, a mushroom forager of some sort. Is this true? I'm not, no, I'm not. Well, really? <laughs> Maybe when I was about seventeen, I was. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I've heard some stories about that. But, but yeah, my knowledge of uh, foraging for mushrooms was, was pretty limited. There was only one okay. type of mushroom I was foraging for. Yeah. And then, but again, that was another thing we used to do. Because uh-huh. me and my mates, we sort of when we were like sixteen or seventeen, we'd go to the pub, and our pub was full of like lunatics. It was just full <laughs> of big builders who hated us because we had long hair, and uh, would try and kill us. Uh-huh. So as if that wasn't like dangerous enough, we'd all we'd all take LSD. So there'd be about eight of us sat in this pub with long hair, looking weird, probably wearing yeah. Berghaus jackets as well, and just wait until one of us would crumble and someone would go, <laughs> I can't take this anymore. And we'd all like sort of sigh a collective sigh of relief, like, right, okay. And we'd all leave the pub. And then we would go into the outdoors. We'd go into the wilderness. We'd go, we'd find forests and canals and trees and just, so again, it's escape, isn't it? It's, yeah, and you go look for some uh, some cow patties. Yeah, but again, I never really got anything off mushrooms. It was always more acid for me. But um, huh. interesting. I think the, it's weird, isn't it? They're kind of legal now, aren't they? Magic mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're seeing a lot of like decriminalization. I think what is it? People are talking about like using mushrooms to treat PTSD and stuff. Yeah, like microdosing, microdosing yeah. mushrooms to do to counteract that. I don't know something about the brain chemistry. It's very interesting stuff. That's the only problem. Me and my friends, our era, microdosing was like would was just not on the agenda. And everyone I know goes on about microdosing. In the yeah. next breath, they'll go, "Oh, completely out of my mind last week." <laughs> yeah, I ate microdosing. Yeah, no, no. I, I think I think microdosing is more for like medicinal means. I think if you're actually trying to feel the effects of mushrooms, then you just gotta you just gotta take them, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. way too old for all that. <laughs> In Great the past, I'm yeah, all yeah. For it. <laughs> um, what are some? I guess what are some trips that you plan on going on in the future? Some hikes you want to go to, countries, anything like that? Yeah, well. I think my two main places I want to really hit is the Dolomites in uh, in Italy because that's one part of Italy I've not done. You've been over there? No, I have not. I've never been. So yeah, I think that combination of mountains and amazing food, incredible. And then Japan, I think, I mean, is it something mm. like 70% of Japan's forest? Really? So yeah, it's, it's a massive amount of it. And um, I just love the Japanese. I love everything about Japan. And uh, I've only ever been to Tokyo, so I want to see the rest of it, really. Mm-hmm. I've and, also only been to Tokyo, famously. I've only ever been to Tokyo. Yeah, yeah uh, same. <laughs> I think you were there longer than me, though. I was there about three days. Oh, yeah. I was there for 11 days. Yeah, so you beat me. Yeah. Actually, maybe it was like nine, not 11. Because you lose a day with travel, you know, going oh, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really fun time. Wish I wasn't into any of this Gorp Course stuff when I went to Japan, but if I could go back, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like a theme park for cool people, isn't it, Tokyo? It is, it is. I mean, there's like the basic street style in Tokyo. It's just, I mean, for people like us, it's just so cool because it's the kind of stuff like baggy clothes, earth tones, you know, that just, kind of thing. Yeah, everything's amazing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like everywhere you go, there's just something amazing. And yeah, the outdoor shops, I mean, the Hagloff shop's amazing. The Mont Bell shop's got a stream mm. running through the bottom of it and a climbing really? wall. <laughs> There's about three North Face shops all next to each other. Big tent mm. in the middle of one of them where you get changed. Just purple label stuff everywhere. Just, yeah. So oh, another shop that had a robot in it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Take me back. I want to look this up. Snow Peak Tokyo. Sorry, this is great podcasting. I just want to see this. What, are you looking up Mont Bell? Yeah, I want to look up, I want to look up their... Uh, Tokyo store. Yeah, it blew my mind. There's like a cafe in the, on the basement and then there's like a huh. little 
stream through it and a climbing wall that's like the length of the building. Really? That's so cool. Especially yeah. in Tokyo, everything is so condensed. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is awesome. Nice, cool stuff. I didn't know that Mont Bell was a Japanese brand for oof, a long time. I just assumed it was French, you know? Yeah, I also thought it was American. You thought it was American. Interesting. Yeah. I guess they don't do a very good job of um <laughs> of marketing that if you think you don't even know where it's from, but whatever. I mean it sells itself. They don't have to. Yeah, nice gear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you said Dolomites is a place you want to go to anywhere else? Oh, I'm itching to get back to Sweden as well. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I've been I've been working for Hadgloss for a while and obviously mm-hmm. work for Dometic. So uh I come into contact with a lot of Swedish people and the Swedish way of life is something that just like, it's like the Japan of Europe, I would say Sweden. Really? Japan yeah. Especially, especially their attitude, that? their attitude to the outdoors. It's, 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 it's the standard. Do you know what I mean? Like over here, it's like a hobby or it's a little bit niche sometimes if you're yeah. going hiking or wild camping and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where Sweden, everyone does it. Everyone. And, and you, the Swedish law, you can go wherever you want. You can roam wherever you want. You can camp wherever you want. As long as it's just for one night, you can camp anywhere you want. Really? Because it's not military air. You know, you're not, you're not going to get shot by a tank. <laughs> yeah. It's just what they do. Do you know what I mean? And that's why Hagloss, that's why I love Hagloss so much because that gear comes from, from that, that attitude and that, that, you know, progressive nature of let's make something that's really good for the outdoors and we'll test yeah. it in, you know, the extremes of, of the Nordics. And um, Freedom to roam. Yeah, it's. I mean, what a country! Sounds awesome. I didn't know that was a thing there. I know it's a thing in Iceland, I believe. And I know, like, on the Appalachian Trail in America, but not everywhere in America. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's it. I I was Hagloss took me out there Mm -hmm. probably about four years ago, and we went to a place called Tree Hotel, which is right in the north, in a place called Harrods. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I'm looking it, up right now. It's amazing. Tree, the Tree Hotel in Harris, it's, it's in sort of northern Sweden, like border of Lapland. I think it's actually in Lapland. Got it. Oh. Oh, it's wow. Kind of, it's like a Kubrick film. Yeah, it looks amazing. Which one did you stay in? I like, stayed in the Dragonfly. The Dragonfly. Which isn't the most impressive from the outside, but on the inside, it's probably the best. It's the biggest. And... uh I went with my mate Mike Ford and we rinsed the minibar in it. I had a big <laughs> argument about ABBA. How do you feel about ABBA? ABBA? Yeah. Um, fan. I'm a fan. Are you a fan? You Me too. Mike right. hates him. I had this argument. A very friendly argument. Why? Why? He says, he says ABBA are rubbish. And I just what? thought that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's insane. Why would you how could you say that? A contrarian, you know, just, some people just gotta believe certain things. Exactly. And the Swedish, there we go again, come full circle. That's probably yeah. why we we're arguing about Abba because we we're in Sweden. Yeah, I was hoping so. <laughs> wow, there are some really cool looking houses here. Yeah, it's incredible. You look out the window of this this tree house, tree house, mm. tree hotel, whatever it is, and it it doesn't look real. Just miles and miles of trees, and just you know, just we walked across a frozen lake and. Wow! Did campfire. you see the uh, aurora borealis? No, we didn't actually. Mm. I had a jacuzzi outside. That was pretty cool. I was looking up <laughs> thinking, cool. where's the Northern Lights? No, it's none of that, but yeah. That's something I think I'd like to see. I'm not the biggest fan of the cold. I prefer warmer weather. Um, yeah. But Aurora Borealis is definitely the, the bucket list. Yeah, I've been to Iceland twice and not, still not seen it. Wow. Bad luck, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, I guess. Do you have anything else to say about the your future with going outside? No, yeah, I think Sweden, Japan, Italy, Sweden, yeah, Japan. they're on the good list. Like, America, though, I'd love to go to America and well and do some hiking. Where's good? Come where's your own. dream place in America? What'd you say? Where's where do you want to hit in America? Where's where's your dream Ooh, place in America? What's my dream place? Um, I'm looking at a map right now. I think I'd like to go to the Pacific Northwest some more. Um, Mount Rainier, that area. I haven't been to there. Um, like Olympic National Park up in like Seattle. Yeah, right yeah. Right on the coast. Cause I've been to like Montana, Wyoming, Colorado. That's, you know, considered Pacific Northwest yeah. geographically, but it's not on the coast. 
and maybe like down to California, Yosemite, some of those national parks, um, like in North California. But yeah, I think, yeah, just out West. Cause I live on the East and I've seen, I've seen basically everything I'm going to see on the East. So, Cause I've seen the Smoky mountains and then Acadia, and that's going to be the two, you know, different, yeah. different yes. biomes. So I want, I just want to see things I haven't seen yet. What's Stone Mountain? You've got Stone Mountain in Georgia, haven't you? Is that a mountain or is that like a shopping mall? Uh, Stone Mountain is uh, very, it's an interesting topic. Stone Mountain is a big rock face. It's not, act, I don't know if it's technically a mountain. Doesn't a mountain have to be like a thousand feet above sea level? Something like that, yeah. Let's look up some an elevation real quick. Um, yeah, okay. Technically, it is a mountain. Um, it is a giant granite maybe not granite some sort of oh here it is quartz monzonite dome um it's a giant dome of rock uh that is not very interesting except for it has confederate soldiers carved into the side of it <laughs> like a giant giant monument of confederate soldiers um you know the old civil war yeah uh, yeah some people who were fighting to save slavery um <laughs> carbon to the side of the rock so good for them um this will make you laugh what's that yeah. place in america called with the the four heads of the president mount rushmore rushmore when i was a kid probably even when as an adult <laughs> i thought <laughs> i can't even believe i'm saying this but i thought mount rushmore just occurred naturally oh really yeah divine intervention How stupid. <laughs> it was only you know i just didn't question it and then one day i thought yeah, well, if that happened naturally, how could you even think that? You know, you surprise yourself with how stupid you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you just, I don't know, it's just no one questions it. No one ever challenges that opinion. So it's like, I might as well just believe it. Yeah, I'm blaming it on that. I'm not. <laughs> you should, yeah. But Stone Mountain is, is not a very good um, hike. It's also kind of south and all the good hikes in Georgia are in the north because that's where the Appalachian Trail starts. Right. Okay. So that's when we get actual mountains and creeks and streams and all the cool stuff is up there. Yeah. What about bears? Yeah, yeah, we got black bears. Um, again, in the north. Um, yeah, not where I'm, where I am, but just black bears. No grizzly bears or brown bears or anything. Do you ever watch that TV show Alone, where they dump them up north somewhere? No, in Alaska. I, I've seen, I've seen shows like it, but I haven't seen exactly that one. It's brilliant because they'll they'll show a clip of a bear as if it's round the corner, but it's obviously like from about five hundred miles away. Well, there's always that ever-present threat of a bear attack. But oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still waiting luckily, to be mauled to death on it. Yeah, luckily black bears are—they're not. I mean, no animal is like naturally friendly, but black yeah. bears are. Like the rule for a black bear is you're supposed to get big and like make noise and scared it away. But right. then for brown and grizzly bears, you're just supposed to act like you're dead and just hope it yeah. leaves you because if it's brown lie down because I and if it's black fight back. Exactly. Hey, there you go. I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's good though. Do you, do you reckon you could take a black bear? Um, maybe like a baby. <laughs> maybe like a baby black bear. Yeah. But then the problem is that if you're fighting a baby, the mom's going to be somewhere around. It's going to be too then, far away, is it? Yeah. 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 What about snakes and cougars? I need to know about all this in case I do. Uh -huh. Um, you have any I, have, calls? I have heard of people seeing mountain lions, but never seen them myself snakes i've seen we have copperheads here which are pretty venomous um, that kill you copperhead uh yeah probably <laughs> how fast will a copper because you guys it's funny is that like everyone talks about australia like that's a place where all the animals like everything just wants to kill you in australia yeah yeah and you must be even more afraid because there's basically nothing in the uk that can hurt you except for a cow you know yeah cows kill about 10 people a year in the uk but i mean yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very safe. It's people you want to look out for in the UK. Yeah, They're but even then, they don't have guns, so it's even safer, yeah. you know? Some of them do, but yeah, not as many as some over of them, there. Some of them. <laughs> um, here you go. You're only likely to die from a copperhead bite if you experience a severe anaphylactic reaction and don't go to the hospital. So, as long as you go to the hospital within a timely manner, you'll probably be fine. But they're very painful. Yeah, they sound painful, don't they? Copperhead. Yeah, just that. Copperhead. Yeah. It's a pretty cool name. It's a pretty sick name. Yeah, you know? yeah. I kind of like snakes, but they are kind of terrifying. Really? Aren't they? Yeah. Every year when I was little, um, my dad would take me to 
you take me and my sister up to Amicola Falls, which is where the um, Appalachian Trail starts in Amicola Falls. And they have a little lodge up there, really pretty, overlooking the mountains. Um, and every year they would do a bird and reptile show. So they'd bring in a bunch of birds, birds of prey, so like eagles, hawks, owls. They'd bring in all that that they were just rehabilitating. And they'd bring them in. You could like look at them. They'd talk about them. They give you like an owl pelt to dissect if you've ever done anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And then um, they'd bring in snakes and they let you hold the snakes. And that was pretty cool. I used to have a mate who had a, an eagle owl. Oh, really? You're not really supposed to own in this I country. I was going to say, can you he, own? He was really good with animals. So I think the RSPCA rescued it from like a dodgy zoo and gave uh -huh. it him. But um, it, it's the only owl I've ever seen that barked. That barked? It made a really like, bark, bark, like deep, Interesting. Yeah, and he, yeah, he didn't that, like turning his back on it, and he was a big bloke. Hmm. I, I, sometimes I think it might have just been a child in a suit. It was that big. <laughs> it was that big. Fucking massive. But yeah, wow. he used to eat like rats. If a rat came in its cage, gone. Seconds. Gone. Yeah. Have you heard of a patu? No. What's a patu? P o t o o. Um, it's a type of, it look, I mean, it looks like an owl a little bit, eyes wise. They're insane looking. They also bark. Um, I was in Australia and we had like a family of them outside of our uh, window that would all, they were there at night. And they call them frog mouths there because they can open their mouths so wide. And they just look, they look wild. They sound fucking awful, to be honest. They're crazy. They, they look like aliens. Like they look, they look insane, but. Can they hurt uh, you? Just kind of. Um. I mean, anything can hurt you, right? They're they're they're, they're birds of prey. They're birds of prey. So yeah, I think they yeah. could probably they could probably hurt you. Tear your face off as soon as look at you. <laughs> they look yeah, like they do that. I'm not sure if they would though. They have those. Is it marabou stalks that they have in the just hanging out in the parks and stuff? There, they're evil looking things as well. Oh wow! Yeah, that is that looks like death. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, that's pretty bad. No, I don't think I've ever seen those before. Um, you said they're in the UK. No, no, God, no. Oh, they're in they're in Africa. They're native. Yeah, Africa. yeah. In Australia, and some of the parks have the big sort of primeval looking birds. I don't know what they're called, but yeah, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. We've just well, got anyway. pheasants and grouse around <laughs> Very pleasant animals. The easy stuff, you know. The Too easy, easy stuff. Though. Exactly. Um, I guess we should move on to the nylon section of the podcast, if you're keen. Let's talk about nylon. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about how you got started getting dressed, being interested in clothing, early inspirations, everything like that. Yeah, I, I think it was in my secondary school, so high school, you'd call it. Um, mm -hmm. I went to a really interesting school because it, it, was, it was a school where rich people paid to put their kids, awesome. but it was run by the Catholic Church. Um, okay. So 30% so of the kids got in for free if they were clever enough. So they sort mm. of used the money from the rich to pay for the poor. That's that's nice. Yeah. I mean, they weren't nice. It was like it was like a prison with dog collars, basically. But um, yeah, so essentially, it was a really interesting mix of people. So you had a lot of rich kids who mm -hmm. could afford nice clothes. But you also had like a lot of inner city kids who were fairly streetwise and, and had to be in competition with these rich kids. So they sort of pulled out all the stops with clothing. Interesting. Yeah. And at the UK in that time, sort of early 80s, 83, 84, the whole casual thing was a thing and labels, like the, the more exotic, the better really. So sort of foreign labels, again, it sort of harks back to Europe, but um, so stuff like a less um, Lacoste, all those kind of sort of foreign brands. And to a lesser extent, Stone Island, the CP company, though most mm. people couldn't afford it or weren't aware of it that early on. But it was all about looking like a European person, basically. It's like looking like a, an Italian playboy or, you know, someone who lived in Nice. Yeah. It, you know, it was sort of escaping reality. And, and yeah, so you've got all these 13, 14-year-old kids walking around looking like Italian playboys or trying to. So, yeah, I think my love of, of my obsession with outerwear sort of came as a result of that. And I, I went on a skiing trip and I got a kappa jacket, like a ski jacket. And um, and then it sort of drifted a little bit away from sort of European stuff. And then it, it, mountain wear had its moment as well. So mountain equipment and Berghaus 
low alpine sort of stuff like that, Peter Storm mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, also had a moment. And I think being in Manchester as well, there's an interesting mix because we're surrounded by the countryside. We've got the Peak District, yeah. Lake District, Wales, Yorkshire Dales. So there's a lot of technical outerwear, but there's also a big city centre full of dodgy people doing dodgy things at night. So I, used to, I worked in probation a long time ago. And what was interesting there is all these, these young kids, you know, broken the law and stuff, were dressed exactly the same as the probation officers who were taking them out. Because mm. they're all wearing Berghaus or sprayway mm. jackets and stuff. So it's, it's the thing, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like within the psyche of Manchester, it's the same in Liverpool and Salford. There's an outerwear thing that's always been there. And it's it's probably because the kids robbing outdoor shops, because there's loads of outdoor shops, or there certainly were back then. And if you're if you're going robbing houses or you're selling drugs or you're selling tickets mm-hmm. or you're at the football fighting, you need a jacket that you know that'll keep you dry. I've gone off on one there. What were we talking no, about? No, that's good. That's good. So it was just like the deviants who were wearing this, or was it also like the the preppy kids were also wearing the same stuff, like the Burghouse? I think, yeah, I think Berghaus, for me, it exploded when Acid House arrived in 1988 because, like I say, everyone was going to raves and it was freezing and it was raining and it was snowing. And they were, they were quite colourful, which is, again, where that sort of psychedelic thing comes from. Mm-hmm. Clothing was, was very sort of colourful back then, outdoor technical clothing, probably yeah. so you could be seen up a mountain. But it, 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 it happened at the similar time to that explosion of dance music and sort of psychedelic colours and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think we all, everyone of my era kind of discovered technical outwear, outerwear through, partly through function because you're coming out of raves and you, and you live in a rain city, but partly because it, it just looked amazing. All right. Well, there you go. There's your answer. So that was your beginning. Yeah. Where are you now? Obviously you're representing brands that yeah, yeah. you enjoy. So you've obviously made it a pretty far away. Um what are you wearing these days besides obviously the brands that you represent? What are some styles you're into? Anything like that? What's your well, current I'm, day looking like? Obviously, apart from Hagloss and Ferrer, um, <laughs> which I genuinely love. You know, that's another thing. I'm very lucky. I only work with brands I love and that I rate and that people I like. So I don't work with anyone's shit, basically. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a little um, I've got a little friend in Japan who gets me purple label stuff. Ah, the proxy. So that's yeah, that's my kind of little uh, my little guilty pleasure. Um, Natal design as well. My, my friend Tim's got a shop called This Thing of Ours. Did you go there when you went to mm-hmm. Manchester? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I didn't actually. I didn't. Um, I was. Everyone was talking about it and how awesome it was, but I didn't think. I looked it up and I saw they weren't open. And then he told me that he would have opened it for me. They do it all the time, but I was like, ah, oh. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel important enough to ask him to do that. You know. Yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's a it's slightly odd location, but it's well worth going there if you get a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I heard. Next, next time you come over, I'll take you around. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, it, it, the stuff he stocks is, is incredible. I'm a massive fan of Natal Design. Do you know that stuff? Mm-mm. I don't think I do. Again, it's Japanese. I, I met the guy at um, a trade show in Paris a few years back, and it was just the best coat. Sorry, that's someone's phone. Yeah, Natal Design. Amazing gear. Amazing gear. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like a bit of Salomon. What else do I like? It is tricky because like working with Hagloss, everything they do kind of serves a purpose. So I suppose I tend to go less technical. Mm-hmm. I think denim done its way back as well. I know I know that's the you know, it's almost like the anti-nylon, isn't it? But that's that's kind of the appeal of, of Ferrer as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of technical stuff out there, they've gone the other way, they've gone old school. Yeah, I mean it's it's like legacy, you know, it's like that, not prep, but, you know, in the same vein, kind of, you know? Yeah, exactly. And again, it's a very Mancunian thing. Mm-hmm. We wear Gore-Tex jackets with suede shoes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it really? No, not really. <laughs> well, that's that's the contrariness of, of Mancunians and it's all about a look, do you know what I mean? That, that mm-hmm. we're probably not supposed to do. Beautiful. Um, Anything else you want to talk about with your your current stylings of your your clothing today? I'm wearing vintage Stone Island Marina today. Again, I'm 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 really good friends with CP Company. They're like my family, and again, they make a lot of stuff, a lot of technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Some incredible, incredible fabrics that they work. So, if I'm going to wear Stone Island, I only wear vintage. 
Wow. Can't, can't buy the new stuff. It's like yeah. cheating on my wife. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> a mate from Lorenzo Losti, whose father founded Stone Island and CP mm-hmm. Company. So yeah. I only really wear stuff that his dad made. Ah, okay. Okay. But yeah, CP is um, a fascinating company to look at in terms of their innova- innovation and fabrics and garment dyeing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, Sorry, go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's interesting. It's like they 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 brand themselves an Italian sportswear brand, but a lot of their stuff, Gore-Tex, Pertex, you know, mm-hmm. waterproof membranes, all that. Well, mate. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh yeah, I was just going to say that over here you hear a lot about Stone Island. You don't hear a ton about CP. It's like the people that are in the know kind of know about it, but yeah. I mean, people know about Stone Island. People don't really know about their uh, their cousin CP yeah, company it's very much. It's interesting, isn't it? And what sort mm-hmm. of people wear Stone Island in the US? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess Stone Island kind of had a moment as far as like streetwear went when like Supreme was super big. Yeah. You know, it, it was just, it was part of that scene to a lesser extent, but you know, back when Logo Mania was a big, big, big thing. Um, yeah. Like 20, 2017, that era Supreme was at its peak. Um, yeah. Yeah. So at the moment on the table, yeah, that sort of thing. you got the big badge on, you know, I bought a, I bought a sweater. It's so, but besides that, I mean, it's kind of just you wear it to flex. There's no, I don't know, especially where I live. There's yeah. not a ton of places to buy it. And the people that do wear it, it's just like, okay, I'm going to wear my Stone Island with like my Gucci pants and my Louis yeah. Vuitton shoes. I'm like, oh man, it's such a bad fit. It just looks <laughs> awful. <laughs> what about the outdoor brands? What are the outdoor brands we, should, we need to know about in the UK? Because America for me is one of those places that's kind of legendary for out, outerwear and outdoor mm-hmm. brands. But what's going yeah. on there at the moment? What's big there? I mean, it's big there. It's pretty much the same stuff. There's like legacy brands here. What I've noticed a lot compared to um, the UK scene is that in the UK, all of these brands are moving into the United Kingdom and like, you know, filling niches and stuff. So you've got like Kavu, who's working with Common Ground now. You've got Columbia, who's doing a big thing over there. Yeah. Uh, Crag Hoppers. Well, I guess they are a UK brand, but Crag Hoppers. Um, there's another one, Osprey. Osprey's not a UK brand. Um, they're all moving into the UK because they see a lot of opportunity there because you know the whole scene is basically over there for Gorbcorp. Yeah. And here it's not the same at all. Here it's very much like there is Patagonia and North Face, and there's Arcteryx. Um, and there's, you know, the other ones, Columbia, cool, like mountain hardware, there's other stuff there, but there's like the brands and there's not a lot of people like smaller brands, as far as I'm, as far as I know that are kind of doing the same thing that I'm seeing other brands doing in the UK. Cause there isn't as big enough of a market for it because, you know, if you're going to buy outdoor gear, there's already so much good stuff to buy. Yeah. Um, and also I think it's just different because unless you're living somewhere where it is cold or it does rain a lot, like you're living in the Northwest, yeah. Um, you're not going to need like a rain jacket every day. You're not going to need rain pants or even just pants in general, you know? Um, so there's not, there's just not as much desire for it here. So I don't think many people are making it. So when I think about door brands, I'm thinking of all the ones you're thinking of, you know, I'm thinking yeah, Patagonia yeah. and North face, everything I've just listed. So yeah, yeah. there's, there's your market report. <laughs> it's interesting on the British have got form for taking something the Americans have made mm-hmm. and kind of repackaging it and selling it back to them. Yeah, like it, we, is, it, it, it's very interesting. It blues music and acid house, and yeah, yeah it's isn't it? Now yeah. we're doing it with outdoor clothing. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of just stolen from us. Now we're well, that's doing what the British do. That's we're really around. good at stealing <laughs> yeah. other countries, stealing stuff, and then selling it to ours. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it is very interesting. And even just, I, I think of when I think of UK, like the outdoor scene, like the whole scene in general. Like you know, you're talking going outside and also the industry that's been built around it now. Um, it is just kind of like the wild West a little bit more than the U S which is funny. Cause you know, the West is the U S but yeah, it's a more like the wild West because here, uh, this is a little story. When Osprey was doing, giving everyone a bag in the United kingdom, I was yeah. like, Hey, I don't live in the UK, but I, you know, I'm a lot of my people who look at my, um, podcast are page are like, it's a majority UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you be willing to send me one? And they were like, oh no, 
you know, you're not in the UK, so you can go through Osprey, just regular Osprey. So I sent the same message to Osprey and they were like, you can try to join our ambassador program. Forms open in September. They close on this day. It's, it's very more, it's much more formal here. Yeah. I feel like over there's, yeah, there's, there's much more opportunity. I feel like in the UK right now, if you're getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. That's, that's the sole reason I started a magazine to get Mm -hmm. free clothes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I said I started the podcast. But said I said I was gonna um, end it as soon as I got something for free. But then yeah. I just started liking it, and people enjoyed listening for some reason. So I keep going. Have you got anything yet? Yeah, yeah, I have um, a few things. I'm actually wearing Carrier Goods. Just sent me this fleece. Beautiful. That I'm wearing. They got Carrier um, Goods. Yeah, I want to shoot a little video for them, but I need time to do that. They're not asking me to. They just sent yeah, it yeah. Um, for goodwill. But I want to do something fun for it. I'll have to get you some hard gloves. Do you ever see hard gloves in the US? It's not really a thing, is no. it? I no. never heard about it until I started following you. Honestly. Maybe, maybe you need to start the, the, the wave. Yeah. yeah, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Right. right. You're our first US <laughs> ambassador. Beautiful. I'll fill up the forms I haven't sent to you. <laughs> no forms. I'll just send you a chat. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, anyway, uh, anything else you want to talk about for your now for clothes? I don't think so. I think I just. I probably bored you, Richard. I've now just waffled no, on about. It's great, I love the chat. It's a good time. As a marketing major, I love talking about stuff like that. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Is, yeah, is it now time for the daft questions? Uh, you have to talk about the future a little bit. Oh, you have to talk about what's going to happen now. Sorry, what's going to happen later? What's going to happen style-wise, clothing like brands, that kind of thing. It's interesting, isn't it? It's it's really interesting because I think. I think we're going to sort of, the paths are going to sort of go two different ways, aren't they? Because I think the Gorpcore trend, it, it's not a trend as I see it. I think it's opened a lot of people up to the actual outdoors. Mm. So once they get over the sort of fashion side of it, I don't think they'll get over the actual outdoorsiness of it. So I think mm. people will continue to go outdoors and go mm-hmm. wild camping and go hiking yeah. and stuff long after it's a, it's a passing fashion. And they'll still wear this gear because it lasts forever. It's technical, you know. It, do, it does. It's got a multi, multi, you know, multi usage. So I think I think it's created something that this this wave that will last, you know, for a lifetime. Really, um, I'm hoping so. Yeah, I think it definitely will. And I think, and I think that the mental health side of, of hiking and getting outdoors is massively important. And I think because mm. it's such a strange time and we've got the pandemic and everything. I think, yeah, it's another resource people have discovered. So I, I'm hoping it'll just carry on. And it's it's like where I live, this has always been a thing. You know, it's obviously you get a few more kids. I mean, you see a lot of Arcterics around yeah. more than you ever did at Houston Berghouse. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think that'll disappear at some point. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's, I think it's, the fu- I mean, the future of outdoor clothing out the way is always going to be innovation and sustainability, isn't it? It's always going to be like, mm. well, how can we make this the best way? And, you know, without, lowering as much impact as possible and how can we make it as mo you know as functional as light as possible so i think things just continue to go in that direction but it also feels like we're, we're almost at the apex of that because the way fabrics are now in innovation you can wear pretty light clothing and stay pretty warm can't you i mean i'm sure you're not working in the shop and stuff mm-hmm. but um yeah i think i think i think more people have discovered the outdoors would be certainly in the uk i think we're getting a little bit more like sweden in that it's not such a weird thing to go camping or to go hiking. I hope so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. And I I think something that's really spurring that along is all the little communities that have been built around it. Like in the UK, there's a ton of them. And I mean, Columbia is sponsoring like 5,000 hikes. What is it this weekend? I believe. Um, Like they're just there. Every single person that has a following is getting a hike sponsored um, for get out and hike day or whatever it's called. Yeah, exactly. But, and just think of all those people who go on those hikes and what they'll, you know, exactly. what they'll discover. They'll just think, because I think that's another thing. People think you need all this clothing, you need all this knowledge, and you need to be able to read a compass and stuff. And essentially, it's just going for a walk up a big hill. It's, you know, it's not that complicated. I think all these people discover that this weekend, rather than, come, you know, come back down from the hills or the mountains and think, that was all right. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing is a lot of people are either, they don't know that they're going to like it or they're intimidated by how much there is and they don't know exactly. where to start. Um, exactly. And so it's just a really nice jumping off point, basically. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it. And that, I mean, I'm, I keep going on about hard gloss, but 
I do love well, that's what they're all about as well. It's about including people and making yeah. it easier and opening it up and being inclusive and making people realize you can go you can go on a hike. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean everyone can. It's just finding the people you want to go with and finding the hike that you want to go on. Exactly. And if you exactly. become obsessed about jackets, do doing that, then so be it. How many nice. jackets do you own? Rain jackets or just like? Let's start with rain jackets. Two. Or I guess three now. Three. Wow. Yeah. What about other jackets? It depends on what you call a jacket, you know, because I have a few fleeces. I don't consider those jackets. Yeah. I have like a chore coat jacket and like a, it's hard to explain. Let me get it for you real quick. I'll show you. I'll, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's easier to show. You can tell the people what it is. Like this. Nice. Like a Harrington. Yes. Yeah. Harrington. It's really nice. I don't know what I, what you'd call it. Like a windbreaker, yeah. kind of. I don't know the, the technical name for it, but it was my grandpa's. And it's really nice. But I don't, nice. I don't have a ton of jackets. Yeah. When you get to 50, like me, you'll have a lot of jackets if you keep doing this. Yeah. Well, I hope so. All righty. Um... I guess we can move on to these viewer questions now. Let's do this. Questions for you. Let's do this. Sir, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Question number one from I am Tim CT asks, what's the best shop in Manchester? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let me think about that, Tim. <laughs> Greg's. Ah. No, it's not. It's this thing of ours. I've already, I've already bigged you up, Tim. Yeah, yeah, it is. He's, he's got to make sure he's got to make it sure. It is the best shop in Manchester. It is without without <laughs> a shadow of doubt. People talked about it like it was some sort of sacred ground, and <laughs> they were talking about how how I needed to go there. Well, what's what's great about Tim is he's 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 not stepping on anyone's toes. He's doing his own thing, I suppose. Hence the name. So everything he's got in there, you won't find in any other shop. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it fantastic. And he's he's a purist. He believes in everything. You know, he's not selling he's not selling stuff just to make money. He's doing it because it's amazing. Yeah, and they're always yeah. the best shots. Well, I would love to go. I just yeah. got to next, uh, next time. Got to get back to the UK. You know, next next first camp when I have a reason to get over there again and see a lot of yeah. people. Get, out, get outsiders to pay for you to come over or Snow Peak. That's a pretty good idea. I am I am the uh, the farthest the farthest traveler. So yeah. I made international news. Emily um, uh, from Snow Peak said she told all the people in Japan that someone from the United States came to the first camp. Like you're kidding, you're not. You're I heard, not yeah, I heard on great podcast. So, How nice is Emily? She's mega. Oh, she's awesome. Just amazing. Yeah, I love Emily. Yeah, yeah. Get him to fly uh, you over for the next one. I'll try. I'll try. I'll get best. you a domestic tent and a cool box. <laughs> Sounds good. I want to pay for anything the way it should be because I'm an influencer. Damn right, you are. <laughs> You influenced me. Did I? To do what? Yeah. Just to listen to your podcast. Oh, cool. I did yeah. my job then. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like I'll only listen to about three or four podcasts regularly, and yours is definitely one of them. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, you know, people say that. I think it's I've I've done a good job of making like a little niche thing that people enjoy. Yeah. And I think people forget you what, 23? Yeah. You're very, very mature for 23. Oh, thank you. I couldn't I couldn't sit up straight when I was 23. Never mind run a podcast. So, I can't yeah. either. This is this is all just like a green screen behind me. I'm not actually sitting down. No, but it's I have a body double that does all these. Doing it. Anybody who does what they love just mm-hmm. for the sake of doing it because they love it gets my full respect. So yeah. Right. You do what you're doing. Thank you. Um 201 underscore David says, Is the Jens Olsen the finest outdoor jacket money can buy? <laughs> That, this is a, an old friend of mine who affectionately uh-huh. used to know as Army Dave. Oh yeah, you need, to get, you need to get him on this podcast. Though he probably can't tell you about half the stuff we got up to when he's in the <laughs> uh, in the Paris. But um, yeah, we used to be on a, a forum a long time ago, and we made up a jacket called a Jens Jens Ol- Olsen horologist jacket. Okay, because it's full of like people, Stone Island collectors and CP collectors and stuff. So we just dropped this jacket in there to see by. And it's just yeah. Very much an in-joke, but yeah, it's a great jacket, Dave. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, next up, R. Kelly Photo asks, what's Neil's favorite slash go-to hiking snack when out on a hilly preamble? 
It's a great question. Mm-hmm. What do I take? There's a, there's a little post office near me uh, in Hayfield, and they do um, they do these little pork pies. I think that that's mm-hmm. my current go-to. I'm trying not to eat carbs at the moment, but I'm going on a hike. Oh, that's going to be pretty hard in the UK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't get how much. I just stay in eating steak. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't eat that much. I even I eat eat a lot generally in life, but I don't eat a lot when I go out hiking. But I'm diabetic as well, so I, I always oh. have to have some kind of sugary stuff with me mm-hmm. as well. But as as for a snack on a hike, yeah, I'm going to say pork pie from Hayfield Post Office. There you go. But when I come down, there's a pub that does a Manchester egg, a pack horse in Hayfield. I've Incredible pub. What's a Manchester egg? Do you know what a Scotch egg is? Yeah. Well, it's a Scotch egg, but it's got black pudding in it as well as sausage meat. Interesting. And for any Scottish listeners, just so you know, Scotch eggs have nothing to do with Scotland. Really? What do yeah. they have to do with? It's scotching. It's a term for uh, deep fat frying. Really? Yeah. Huh. I was upset Scottish people. And I don't, I don't want to upset any Scottish people because it's a lovely country. <laughs> sorry. But... Sorry, sorry uh, all the Scottish listeners that I have, but um, yeah, the all eggs aren't yours, right? now, So I drop think. it. <laughs> <laughs> don't really want to mess with Scottish people either because they're double hard. Yeah. Um, next up, we got Grifter underscore T. He asked, "Oh, here we go. Oh, gosh, these freaking these these British names that I can't pronounce. Eccles cake or Chorley cake? I don't know. Eccles cake. St- Eccles, not Eccles. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Eccles cake or Chorley <laughs> cake. So I think he's up Chorley way. But you see, my he wife's is, from yes. Salford. My wife's from Salford, which is where Eccles is. And even mm. if she wasn't, I'd say Eccles cake because Chorley cakes are a bit." They're all right, but they're not as good as Eccles cake. Now, when we say cakes, are we talking about the same thing? Well, what is a cake? What what kind of cake are we talking about? There, it's like it's very gorpa. So it's a load of sort of raisins, okay. all sort of congealed and then wrapped round with sort of like a buttery, flaky pastry. It's good. It's good hiking tackle. But yeah, it's not. It's not a cake you'd have a slice of with a cup so of it's tea. Like a pie. It's like a well, hand pie. Pie's a funny one, isn't it? You see pie. Certainly in this part of the world is something made with sort of suety kind of pastry that's got meat in it generally. Whereas you mm. have pizza pies, don't you, and all sorts. <laughs> well, pizza pie, one. I don't know where the phrase pizza pie came from, but a pizza is just a pizza. And then we have a calzone, which you obviously have as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why we call it a pizza pie because it's... Isn't it because in Chicago did really deep ones? Well, yeah, we have the Chicago deep dish pizza as well. Yeah. Um, but when I'm looking at something like this, I, I would call it like a little hand pie. Yeah, that's crazy. I'd never ever call it a pie, but I might start calling it an Eccles pie now. <laughs> just a freak. Yeah, because when I when I think of cakes, I think of like just like a birthday cake, something like yeah. that. You know, German chocolate yeah, yeah. cake. I think of like yeah. fluffy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. We won't get started on on what you call bomb cakes though, because that'll get really. Heated. What? Actually, it might get you a lot of followers and some. Uh, some What's it called? Cake. So in the UK, uh-huh. like a bread, a bread roll. I don't know what you'd call it in America. I can <laughs> Google it. What do you What do you call it? Well, it, in this part of the world, it's either a balm cake or a muffin. So it's a it's a big lump of bread that you make into it. You know, you make sandwiches with. But like in Yorkshire, it's a tea cake. In London, it's a roll. In the Nottingham area, it's a cob. In Scotland, it's a role, but yeah, it, it gets gets people quite angry in uh, on Twitter and stuff. But it's a farm cake or a muffin if you're around around these parts. Or a muffin. I, every single word you said gives me results on Google that are just twelve different pictures. Do I sound like I'm out of the Hobbit? No, no, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but everyone, everyone does. No, I look like I do. Okay, tea cakes. Yeah. It looks like a roll. It looks like a roll to me. Yeah. Yeah. So in America, it's a roll. Yeah. It's a roll. You said they call it a roll in London too? Yeah. London and Scotland call it a roll. So. Okay. Let's go with roll. Yeah. Yeah. I call it a roll. (laughs) We're outnumbered. It's a roll. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. You are. Um, I have got two more questions for you. Okay. The first ask asker would like to remain anonymous. Okay, interesting. This is a question that I'm not sure if you can answer or not. Okay, um, let's get ready to cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, here, uh, take take your little uh, take your 
ears away from the mic. I'm going to scream real quick so I can have a good time signal. Use ah, okay, cool. Now I know where it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, they want to know what happened with proper and is there any beef? It's listen. I'm all about positivity, so I don't. I I, I don't want to go there. I'm still good mates with Mark. Okay. There's, yeah. There's no point going there. They're doing what they're doing. They're doing fine. I'm absolutely smashing it. So. Yeah, there's no point being negative, but um, buy me a pint and I'll tell you. Beautiful. All right, we'll cut that all out. Um, the next one we got. I'm, I'm fine. Sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll leave me screaming. So yeah, I yeah. Have a mark yeah, yeah. To, I'll leave that in too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great content. Um, the last question is asked from the Allie George Hinkins. Wow. He would like to know, and you did mention it earlier and I didn't bring it up because I knew this question was here because um, I'm a really good interviewer. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that you worked in TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ali would like to know what you did. I would also like to know what you did in TV. Well, th- this is difficult for me because part of what I did in TV was was interviewing people. So that's why I can't shut up really, which I suppose is kind of <laughs> good. As an yeah, interview, that's great. Makes for a good podcast. But um, I'm just very aware of it being a bit boring. So apologies if I bored everyone to tears. So, yeah, I worked on loads of different shows. The first thing I worked on was a show called You've Been Framed, which is a mm-hmm. like, like America's Funniest Home Videos. Okay. Which essentially most of the funny clips were taken from America's Funniest Home Videos. But um, I worked on loads of different stuff. I worked on sort of music documentaries. I made a documentary about Queen, mm. about the monkeys. I worked on cookery shows. I worked with Keith Floyd. Um, yeah, I worked on one about sort of recycling and, and minimising waste with a guy called uh, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. Mm. Uh, I worked on a, on a game show called Bullseye, like a darts game show. I worked on singing shows, like a reality show. Um, wow. Yeah, I did a what bit you, of What did you do on the shows? Like, just a grip or? So, no, I was like an assistant producer. Well, I started okay. off as a researcher and then I became an assistant producer. So, like, a lot of shows, like the one about Queen, I got to interview loads of people. Mm. Um, did an obituary as well for um, mm. David Frost when he died. So even though it's sad that he's died, it's amazing for me because I was on the dull one minute and then the next minute I was I had a suite in the Dorchester and just any celeb you asked, say, yeah, you can interview me. Wow. So, yeah, it was just one of those funny jobs. It was freelance. So sometimes I'd just literally literally be signing on in the job centre and then the week later I would have my own suite in the Dorchester. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. I kind of loved it. Yeah, I loved interviewing people and that's kind of where... Excuse me, that's why I'm doing video now. Like, I, I do video, I do a lot of content for different brands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, that's what I love doing. I love interviewing people, which I'm sure yeah. you do. Do I love interviewing people? Yeah. Hmm. I think I love talking to people. Yeah. I think sometimes the interview is um, counterintuitive to having a good conversation because I have to like hit points, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, it is nice to get to know people and talk to people and this is, you know, a good way to do it. So, yeah, I, I think that's, what's good about podcasting. It's, it's fairly natural. Whereas if I was doing an interview for TV, like you're saying, I'd have all these points I'd got to do and I'd be waiting for that quote that I needed for them to say. So you kind of yeah. have, sometimes you're trying to listen to everything they say, but there's another, there's another part of it in your head and you kind of, you compile in that, what that interview is going to look mm-hmm. like. But um, yeah, I just, I'm just nosy, I guess that's, that's why I like interviewing people. Good. I mean, it's good. You got to be a gossip to be involved in this to some degree, you know? Yeah. And we did have someone that we interviewed who shit his pants. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, let, I'll, I'll leave you on that bombshell. But yeah. Cool. Why? Why? Why did they do all, that? It's not all glamour. No idea. No idea. The, the questions weren't that difficult. Just literally. <laughs> Just let go. Shit his yeah. pants. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. That's, that's TV. That's showbiz. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> Literally. That's showbiz. Well, that's a good thing about the podcast is that's all over Zoom. So even if you do that, it won't deter me. Um, I can't yeah. smell it. Yeah. I just I shit myself three times during this podcast. You've not, yeah. you've not noticed once. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff, man. That's a record, I think, for the show. What, for three times? Yes. Yeah, three times. <laughs> Previous record was two. That was from Ali. It was two yeah. times. Well, yeah. beat that. <laughs> good job. Good job. Challenge we'll send the trophy over. <laughs> Nice. Um, well, with all that said and done, do you have anything that you would like to ask me? Um, 
No, I think we've covered it all, haven't we? I've had a good nose into America. Yeah. What do you see the future of outdoor wear? Where do you see it all going? Um, kind of like what you said. I mean, definitely people are still going to go outside. I think... I think the trend, I don't know about the trend. I think it's it's taking different forms. The whole Gorbcore thing is evolving, you know, main, mainstream fashion, cares about it. Like the whole sustainability trend is pretty big and brands like to capitalize on it. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty unsure about the future at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we are generally, the future is very uncertain, isn't it? With everything, things change so quickly at the moment. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. We'll That's very see. true. We'll do this podcast again in ten years and see where we're at. Yeah, exactly. You'll be you'll be some head of a uh, multi million dollar PR consulting agency, and I'll just be like where I am right now. Still, I won't have. I'll be in an old day. people's home for passing out <laughs> veterans, and you, you'll be the you'll be running Patagonia or something. Yeah, that'd be hey, that'd be pretty cool. And then yeah. you can shit your pants four times, and we can get a new record. Exactly. <laughs> That's a challenge. Amazing. Neil, thank you so much for coming on today. God bless you for asking you, me, you, who, who am I? Me. You've made you. an old man yeah. very happy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, originally, no shade to the Pharaoh boys or anyone else that you may put me in touch with, but I originally wanted to talk to you first. And then um, you're like, oh yeah, I work with all these people. I'll you can talk to them. And I said, oh, okay. I mean, I wasn't gonna turn it down, but you were you were yeah. number one on the list to begin well, with. Thank you for doing that with Ferret, because I love those guys. They're just yeah, it was a great conversation. Yeah, it was a great podcast. And they are they're the best. I love those lads. They're but, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, um, I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully I'll see you in the UK if another first camp ever happens and we can arrange Absolutely. something, go to uh, this thing of ours together. I'm gonna get out of Emily and get Snowpeak to fly you over. Thank you. Leave Thank it with you. me. Sounds good, man. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye.